Well, good evening or good morning or good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is that you are joining us. This is the Tulsa World Scene uh, podcast. I'm here with the lovely and talented Jimmy Trammell, our um, uh, lovelier and talented colleague Grace Wood is on vacation this week. Um, and so that kind of gave us the idea that uh, being as she is um, of tender years compared to the two of us, that we might talk about stuff that old guys uh, know and uh, won't make her feel embarrassed for when, when we talk about them. For example, um, I believe this year is the 60th anniversary of Johnny Carson taking over as host of The Tonight Show, which he posted, he held until was it 98, into the 90s, I think. It was definitely in the 90s. Was it, did he call it, it may have been 92, like it could have been an even 30 years that he was at the helm. But, that, but, that, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that that, that that sounds about right, but it was in, in that in that area. And so that was, um, for those of you who know it only from it, its current incarnation, it, it's kind of hard to believe how big an impact that show had on entertainment for so many years. Um, the number of uh, stand-up comedians, for one thing, who got their start on uh, The Tonight Show, you know, pretty much name anybody who was successful. And getting, number number the number one thing was getting higher, getting on Carson. But you really knew you made an impression and your career was going to go mm. if, because they were always the last guest on the show. And if Carson invited him, invited the person over and to sit down and chat for a minute, that was like, you had arrived like you would never have imagined. Yeah, that was like getting a star on your report card from the teacher if he invited <laughs> you over to sit next to him. And you're, I mean, you're right. If, if you were a stand-up comedian and you were on that show, you could just bank it by the next day. Your bookings were going to be off the charts because you all of a sudden were, were famous. It was must see TV as far as late night goes. Um, and then, you know, everybody who was anybody was on the show and, and Johnny Carson had a very conversational uh, style with those guests. And I, he, he always, he, he was very good about, uh, he always did his, did his monologues and they were uh, to, to come out and they were always, they were always topical, but they were, Kind of, kind of sound odd. They were topical, but they were never political. Um, you never, you never knew uh, how Johnny Carson voted from the the comedy that he did. It was, uh, it kind of also harkened back to um, vaudeville in a way. They would do the skits like uh, the. Tea uh, the Tea Time movie, uh, where he would have these, uh, usually with the Carol Wayne as his scantily clad uh, assistant, and there would be these lists of you know rhyming actors, you know, always ending with something silly like you know and Beauregard the Wonder Dog or something. Um, I remember those very well. 
uh, Art Art Fern, Art Fern and Tea Time Movie Hour. You you didn't know how he voted. You did know he did not like divorce attorneys. You didn't know <laughs> that from his uh, monologues. I, I happened to catch on a rerun. Me TV shows. Uh, is it? No, it's Antenna TV. Shows. Uh, classic reruns of the tonight show with johnny carson and i happened to watch the one where uh gary shandling was a guest and he was peppering carson with questions that he would use later to be on uh, the larry sanders show he he was talking about this new show he was doing and he was asking uh carson all these very specific questions that you knew that he used in informing that Larry Sanders character. It was really interesting to go back and watch. I happened to, when when I was on a, on holiday recently, going through the channels in the, you know, in, in, in a TV, on, on TV in, in, in another town, and I came across a, a rerun and just caught the last uh, half of it, but it was Jonathan Winters. Hmm. Just coming out and basically improving and cracking everybody up. Um, I always, I always liked when he showed up because you, you never knew what he was going to do, and and you can find a um, see you find scenes of, of the Tonight Show all you know all over YouTube and the like of uh, people like there's one of Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters trying to crack each other up and Ooh. just all kinds of all kinds of stuff. It, it, and 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 it it was also fascinating in the it was one of the last shows where a big band was featured, and there's a Tulsa connection. Okay, it was for um I I don't it was right around the time that. Uh, in the early days, the band director for The Tonight Show was Skitch Henderson, who for three years in the early 70s was the music director of the old Tulsa Philharmonic. Hmm. Uh, and then Doc Severinsen took over and was the band leader for years and years. And I think this year he finally decided to stop performing. He's in his 90s, hmm. you know. And uh, I, I got the chance to talk with him and meet with him when he'd come to play with, with the orchestra. And he was, he, was, he was a fascinating chap, that was for sure. Uh, he'd always demand that he be allowed into the hotel kitchen to cook his own food. Because nobody, he said, I wanted, I like Italian food and nobody makes it the way I like it. So I, 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 I have to do it myself. So always fascinating. Um, but that's not the only thing having an anniversary this year that old people will remember. What's another one? I thought you were doing Karnak for a minute. I thought you were oh, doing the Carson thing. <laughs> I have to guess. Uh, I don't have the envelope to hold up. Yeah. Well, you, you want to go uh, 40 with uh, a sitcom or you want to go 50 with a uh, certain after-school program. Which one? Well, do you let, let's go. Let's go in order of age. And this is one that you probably know a little bit more okay. about than I do. This hits a sweet spot with a lot of people, but uh, the ABC after-school special turns uh, fifty this month, and uh, it was, you know, it was one of those life lesson shows where always, you know, you're going to learn something, and they tackled some serious issues, but mainly they were a launching pad for 
many uh, young actors who, you know, before they were stars. I talked to someone recently who met Rob Lowe when he was in Tulsa for the filming of The Outsiders. And at that point in time, uh, Rob Lowe had done, guess what, an after school special, but he wasn't famous yet. So it was after The Outsiders that Rob Lowe, you know, blew up. But it's just, you could probably just go on and on and on with the young actors who got a job on after school special. Heather Langenkamp was in one uh, back in the day from Tulsa. Uh, Val Kilmer, you know, just the list is on forever with ABC after school specials. And if you were to put me on the spot and say, gee, can you name a specific one? Uh, I really can't because they all kind of run together. I didn't watch them regularly, but I watched them occasionally. But uh, it's just kind of a nostalgic milestone for people who grew up. They lasted a lot longer than I thought, too. They lasted for, you know, more than a decade. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to think if I ever I ever watched one in, 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 in my, when I was a tender and callow fellow, as the song goes. Um, they, you know, they were after school, so you probably had some counter-programming, like, you know, do I want to watch Gilligan or cartoons or something serious? And, and, and after, you know, and, and after a, a, a long, hard slog through the fifth grade, you know, you, you, you want some escape, you know, you don't want to have to deal with, with, with issues that, that, that will help you grow as an individual. Um, you just want to, you know, see what they're making out of coconuts on Gilligan's Island this particular year. <laughs> but, uh, I, although, although it wasn't part of this, but there was a, uh, there was a movie, well, it was made right around 1970, that I remember seeing on uh, our Magnavox uh, console TV with the slightly round screen. Um, it was called it was called JT, and it was about uh, a young boy in Harlem, uh, single, son of a single mother. Uh, she, you know, works most of the day, and he's left on his own, uh, getting into bad, you know, things that he shouldn't get into. And then in an abandoned house, he finds a cat, and starts taking care of the cat, charging you know, tuna fish to his uh, mother's account at the at the corner store, that kind of thing. Um, and it was it, it ended up being an incredibly sad thing. And but it's stuck in my head. I can still see scenes from it. And I don't I don't know why I watched it because like I said it was like on a Saturday afternoon. Hmm. But it was such a moving and real uh, film. Flash forward some 40 years later, Lily Tomlin come, is coming to town to do a one-woman show. And I got the chance to talk with her. She was a delight and a whole lot of fun. And she made a, a, an offhand comment about something that her uh, partner, Jane Wagner, who wrote almost all of her, her material, had done. And I, I go, that sounds like something I remember. And I start describing the plot of this movie. Hmm. And Lily Tomlin says, oh my goodness, hold on. And I hear her put her hand over the phone 
and she called out, I heard you, Jane, I'm talking to a guy who remembers JT. <laughs> and she asked me for my mailing address. And huh. a week later, a paperback copy of the original novel that Jane Wagner wrote that was adapted to showed up in my in my mailbox. So that was an after school special or a, a, or a that was as close to an after school special as I can as I can come. It had nothing to do with it, but it was a lovely, I think it's well, a lovely story. Well, let's let's shift into a place where everybody knows your name. Okay. Cheers. And also that's the name of the TV show, I can imagine. Turns 40 this month. 40 years. If not this month, then around this time. I forget if it's September or October. But anyhow, it's 40. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I assume it may, it did make, uh, Rolling Stone recently ranked the top 100 TV series of all time. Uh, Bill Hader's show on HBO, Barry made it, which was awesome. But, uh, uh, you know, Cheers had to be on there because it's just one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And I and, and, and it, it was one of those ones that, I was just reading something about it recently where it it nobody thought it was going to go anywhere and it and it was tanking in the ratings and then they shifted it to part of Thursday night and it just took off and uh um and I I, I remember that everybody thought that when uh oh dear the actress that played Diane Shelly Long. Shelly Long, thank you. Uh, decided to leave to become uh, a movie star. And we know how that worked out for her. Um, that the show was going to lose, you know, that right, it was just starting to take off and mm -hmm. the lead goes away. It's never going to be as good. And it got better uh, with uh, Kirstie Alley filling that role. But, uh, and then the creation of Fraser Crane which goes on to become another one of the best sitcoms ever, sure. ever made. So it was, it was, a, it was, yeah. It, it, do you have a, was it one that you watched? Do you have a favorite episode? Uh, absolutely watched it. I mean, I enjoyed when uh, on channel eight, they would do the reruns uh, late night after the news with uh, cheers, night court back to back, you know, like I were, you know, anyhow, certainly I watched all of them and not, and, Trying to think if, if there was a favorite. I always love the one where they got into the uh, rivalry with the bar down the street. I forget the name of the bar, but they would try to prank each other. And the uh -huh. pranks kept escalating so big. And and Cheers would eventually, you know, end up getting the worst of the deal. But I love those for sure. I, re I, re I remember the final line of dialogue in the final episode, and that's about it. Mm. Which is, sorry were closed. Yeah. Somebody trying to get in. Well, another one that's having uh, uh, 50 years is MASH. Oh, that's right. That's right. It, it, it just it turned debuted, 50. It debuted in uh, 1972. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's one I know I have seen every one of for the same, in the same situation as you were when we were in college, they were they always followed the 10 o'clock news and everybody would, you know, gather in around the dorm TV and watch that, that, that week's episode or that day's episode. Um, and I can't begin to talk about um, 
the number of episodes, the number of favorite episodes I have. Sure. And that show was the epitome of next man up too, because every time someone left, they bring in somebody else, uh, whether it's, you know, Colonel Potter or uh, BJ, and it just keeps humming right along. It was pretty amazing. I remember reading somewhere that when they shot the pilot, the network executives were appalled and wanted them to take out all the blood in the operating mm. uh, room sequences. They didn't want it to, to be, you know, well, this is a comedy, is it? You got, you got people dying in here. This is a comedy. And, but, but uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was the, the epitome of the, I guess it was, I guess you could say it was the first dramedy. Hmm. The, term they tried to coin a while back when it was comedy or half hour shows that didn't quite fit into the the laugh track oh, oh the scene where radar has to announce that uh uh henry has passed away i mean that's that was pretty touching i mean yeah. he did a great job in that scene supposedly only about three people in that scene knew what the knew what he was hmm. going to say and apparently, uh, Gary Berghoff, who played Radar, was not given his speech until right before they rolled the cameras. Wow. And so, so the, the shock that you see on most of the faces of the people was real. They were not expecting that to happen. Mm. Um, and speaking of, 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 of Tulsa connections... Uh, Mary Kay Place uh, wrote uh, several of the episodes hmm. and also appeared in, in, in some, uh, including one where she uh, becomes sort of the uh, love interest of, of, of Radar O'Reilly. But she also wrote um, one, of, one of the best episodes, I believe it's called The Nurses, where uh, it follows the the nurses and their antagonistic relationship with Lieutenant Margaret Houlihan, played by Loretta Swit, and her final confrontation uh, with them over the way that they treat her is one of her best moments in the whole series. It's 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 it also is one of the best, if not if not the best. So I'm I'm ashamed of myself, but I think there was an actress from Quapaw as well, who was on the series, and the name is escaping me, so I'm, uh, Judy Farrell, uh, yeah, there you go, married, to, married, to, was married to Mike Farrell, there you go, yeah, there's the, there's another Oklahoma connection, and, and, and there, there, uh, if memory serves me right, there was one episode where Colonel Potter's horse becomes ill, and they call, uh, B.J. Honeycutt's father-in-law in Quapaw, Oklahoma. There you go. Yeah. To, to, to figure out what they need to do to, to 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 get the get the horse back on its feet again. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's it. it and speaking of uh, another Tulsa connection, one of Patrick Swayze's first roles mm. was in Mash, where he plays a, a soldier who discovers he has leukemia. Mm. And that's also an episode where uh, the priest, Father Mulcahy, is wanting to 
impress a, a cardinal that's visiting <laughs> and the way those two lot those two storylines come together is is one of my favorite moments in, in the whole series so we, we could do pop culture anniversaries uh forever but uh, do we have anything we want to hit on and tell people that will actually be in the Tulsa world <laughs> online and Tulsa world this week well we can always say they'll just need to buy copies and buy many copies that's true uh themselves but um uh one thing i know we have a couple of things we that that uh people probably need to check out is uh celebrity attractions has hades town the musical uh at the tulsa pac this is a imaginative retelling of the greek myth of orpheus and eurydice which is the story of a guy who goes to hell and to try to fetch back the woman that he loves from the lord of the underworld that was not um, an after school special by the way but go ahead it probably was um and and the in, in spite of you know hades and greek mythology this is one amazing show it hmm. is really really good the the cast is extraordinary the music is very uh it has a real strong new orleans vibe new orleans jazz vibe to it um it's just it's really something to see i know almost everybody that i know that has seen it it instantly becomes their favorite musical of all time it's mm -hmm. that kind of a show and if you're wanting to um really splurge on on a meal sometime soon we have a review of the hemingway which is a new um steakhouse is maybe a simplified way to describe what they do but steaks are the are the stars of the show as the chef says it's located on cherry street in the basement of the 1515 lofts building um really impressive food an incredible setting the uh the chandeliers are made out of uh crystals that predate world war ii and are of a type that probably will never be made again mm. um service is impeccable and and some really intriguing type of food so that's something to check out well since you mentioned food i'll, I'll wrap up my part of our podcast with this okay it is tulsa state fair week it is tulsa state fair week people go to the fair to many people go to the fair to eat food i found someone who goes to the fair to eat fire and so to to learn more about this mystery just pick up sunday's tulsa world now some people have to deal with fire after they've eaten but we won't go there at this <laughs> particular point in time because this is a family podcast and we must bring it to an end uh, on behalf of jimmy trammell and the absent grace Wood, we thank you for your time, and we will gladly see you later. Behave.